Dear God, please help my friends. I owe everything to them. I think they're in trouble. Something's wrong! Please, Lord, help the Bonjour Synagogues. Looks like there's trouble down on Earth. Something about a podcast. I think that's like one of those old radio plays. Anyway, who shall I send? Let's see here. Oh, yes. This one's due for a win. Clarence! Yes, sir? You rang? Yes, Clarence. There's a couple of souls that need our help. John and Phil. Oh no, are they sick? Worse, they're discouraged. After all that's happened in 2020, they've completely lost their Christmas spirit and are on the verge of throwing away God's greatest gift, podcasting. My goodness, how long do I have to prepare? Depending on how good the conversation is, I say about an hour. Then I must change. What are they wearing on Earth these days? Face masks, mostly. I don't see any math down there. Yes, that's part of the problem. Anyway, forget your clothes. You'll spend the hour getting acquainted with John and Phil and their <clears throat> unique way of looking at things. Um, sir, just one question. Should I accomplish this mission? Might I perhaps earn my wings? I have been waiting almost 200 years. You do a good job with these two? And you'll get your wings. Oh, thank you, sir. Now sit down. Sit down? Where? And listen. Do you hear that? I don't hear anything. Oh, yes. I forgot. You haven't got Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other podcasting apps. Here. Let me help you. Concentrate. Hear anything? Oh yes, I do. This is amazing. The boys are just recording their Christmas special. Welcome to the Bontron Cinecast. Or should I say the pod? Charles Christmas cast. Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas, y'all. <laughs> Presented by the Prince Charles Cinema. This is your host, Jonathan Voltaire, and I am here this week with my wonderful boy in his Christmas jumper, Phil. <laughs> What's in going my on, Charity Phil? shop, Christmas jumper. <laughs> I'm doing good. You got that at charity shop. You know. That's pretty good, man. Yeah, Dusty found it for me. Isn't it great. Sick. I actually love it. <laughs> I'm sure everybody at home can see and, and agree with me. I'm I'm doing good, you know. We've had such it's been such you know we've had some nice time off, there's been a lull, you know, nothing's really happened. <laughs> you know, Christmas is coming up, everybody's gonna finally be able to see their family. It's been a tough year and you know, finally <laughs> you know, we can just sit back 
and enjoy ourselves, you know, yeah. just try and forget all the worries of the world. Um, right? Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I mean, I just don't even know where to begin, Phil. Don't even know where to begin. <laughs> I mean, you're saying we had a time off. <laughs> <laughs> This is kind of funny now. Yeah. The irony. Okay. So last week on the podcast, I specifically (laughs) tried to whittle down the episode to be less than the runtime of the film because that's absurd if it's longer. And uh, (laughs) some of the stuff that I decided to take out was the discussion of what was on in the week just because I had a premonition of me talking about what was on the week being completely redundant by the time the (laughs) middle of the week rolled around. Two days earlier. And you were right. (laughs) Two days earlier than the initial thought of, oh, this is going to be redundant. uh, It was announced that uh, boys in London going into... Tier three. We're in tier three. Oh my god. 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 <laughs> and you think that's bad. <laughs> what? Oh, we closed again. Oh yeah, yeah, we closed. How can things get any worse, Phil? I don't know. It's it's, enormous, it's, it's like three is the top number. So there's yeah. nothing really more you could do. It's like Adidas, you know, with the three strips. <laughs> <laughs> it's three for a reason. Yeah. You know. There's three Star Wars movies and no more. Yeah. And because it's the perfect round number. There's three Indiana Jones. Three Indiana Jones. Good thing coming three. There's three Amigos. Three Amigos. Three Musketeers. There's the three Musketeers. There's the the three Hyenas from Lion King. (laughs) I thought it was two. (laughs) Is it three? I don't know. There's three, right? There's the one that Cheech... Then Whoopi Goldberg, and, John? and then the one that doesn't talk. Oh, okay. Nah, it's just Cheech. It's just Cheech Marin. Fucking get to know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what's going. On. <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> what the fuck? What could be worse than three? Uh, I don't know, but they found a way last night. What? What are you talking about? Dude, I've been moving house. I don't know what's going on anymore. I've like. <laughs> I'm in a new place. I've spent so much time. Are you telling me things got worse? I mean, it was bad enough that we moved into tier three and uh, then the cinema had to close. What happened? Well, um, while you slept, um, uh, Christmas was canceled and we went into tier four. They canceled Christmas? They canceled? Christmas! They canceled! <laughs> Christmas! <laughs> but he said he wouldn't. <laughs> he said things were going to be better. He said it would be better. He said he was confident that he'd be better. <laughs> that was the only thing I had. They took everything from me for this year. That was the only thing I had left. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, all I, have I left, almost believe you. All I have left is, is snack time. Hola, if you're hungry. Lockdown free corner, baby. Snack time recliner. Thirty-three and a third percent chance of getting some fat asses. What? What's that? Oh, we are in T4 now. Now that Christmas is cancelled, I'm just gonna <laughs> sit here by myself and eat my Tony's chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Very, very good, sir. Very good. We're talking about an old-fashioned film this week, and I thought this bar looked incredibly old-fashioned, but I'm pretty sure it's yeah, not. Yeah, you could have got like a Wonka bar. Yeah. No, it's like it's like a, it's like eco-friendly chocolate. Yeah, I've just never had it before. It looks ancient. It's good. I haven't had that flavor, though. Dark, dark chocolate? Dark chocolate almond sea, sea salt. 51% Ooh, dark chocolate. Almond and sea salt, and an incredibly eco friendly wrapper. The weird thing about Tony is that doesn't come in actual like fit pieces, it's like all over the place. Oh, are you gonna blow my mind, Tony? Is this why you're chocolate lonely because you're just like blowing people's minds with these like packaging I can't even open? And uh, <laughs> what the hell? Oh, it's just like you know what I mean, it's got like a, a chain. Um, why? Okay, cool. Well, I'm yeah, gonna break like, off this uh, weird you know, piece. It's like fair to workers. Do it. Fair to workers. How's that fair to workers? What if they fuck up the shape of the candy bar? He does. They don't. They don't beat him up. Yeah, could like you know, like Cadbury. You know, they chain up their workers. Yeah, and if it's not perfect squares, they cut their hands off. <laughs> yeah. Well, they cobble their legs like in misery. But they need to still work, but they can't run away. Um, speaking of Cadbury, it's good, by the way. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. How many um t- how many tiers would you give it? I'm giving it um of uh, you know what three uh, four <laughs> tiers that I captured wow. out of customers' uh, eye holes um, as they were leaving the cinema. Three years ago or four years ago, however long it was, that last ushered and it's a wonderful life. I and mean, I've saved them in a vial. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it keeps you, you know. Keeps me young, uh, young uh, vital. Uh it makes me remember that uh, viral. viral. It keeps me viral. <laughs> <laughs> Keep me viral. <laughs> Wait, no, that's the other thing going around. <laughs> <laughs> The tier of young customer, young patron, keep mm-hmm. me viral. Yeah, what do you go? Speaking of Cadbury, and I'm pretty sure they don't, you know, endorse slave labor, but whatever. Nobody's listening. I can say what I want. I have Cadbury mini Yule log for Christmas. Mm. I just wanted to get something Christmassy because uh, I'm also drinking Bailey's again, for anyone keeping track. Oh, there we go. Your boy's drinking a Bud Light. Your boy's on the Bud Light. We're covered. I moved house. I pay less rent now, and I can afford mm. Bud Light again. 
<laughs> it's one of the cheapest beers <laughs> I can afford it again. <laughs> everything coming up. Everything coming up, John. Okay. I'll take a bite. I haven't tried these. Ooh. That's rich. Is it rich? I'm not sure I've had the Purple Cadbury uh, Yule Log. I like a Swiss roll. It's good. I almost got one of those French fancies as well, but mm. I didn't want like a whole box. These are good. These are very good. How many tiers? I give them three. Three tiers. Three tiers. Three tiers. Because it's the best tier. Yeah. Because it meant, you know, you could still see your family. It's interesting. <laughs> I gave it four tiers. You know, my Tony Chocolate Lonely because <laughs> you aren't seeing any any family this year in tier four London. It's sad. I mean, you know, the cinema was already closed. I mean, that's sad enough. You know, real talk. That kind of sucks because literally two weeks after reopening in October, we got shut down for a month, opened back up. Third of December, two weeks, shut down again. And this time, we don't really know when we're going to be back. I think we're in for the long haul. Yeah, we're hoping for the new year. But I mean, there's talks at times that tier four could last. I mean, like yesterday when it was coming out, tier four could last, uh, I don't know, further into the new year. We'll see. Who knows? Yeah. Who that's, knows? A, that's literally as much information as people are giving us. Yeah. It, you know, it's there now. It could not be there in a month. It could be there longer. Yeah. Doesn't help us. So they say the review is going to be originally when tier three happened, it was going to be the 23rd of December, but now it's looking like they're going to review it on the 30th yeah. of December. 30th. So yeah. I like literally I was, you know, no, we were joking around and stuff. I, I have seriously moved house. Uh, I've been saying the last couple of weeks I'm in my new place <laughs> now and I don't really like know what's been going on like uh for the last few days you know office side prince charles cinema the chatter what people are feeling and i probably won't know for a couple of days but it's fine i uh am just going to say that uh we will hopefully be back as soon as we can that's our stance on the moment right now. We're going to try to be back as soon as we possibly can. When they say that cinemas can reopen, we'll reopen. Because like happened last yeah. time, we were in a position where we we set ourselves up to be a really safe place. And, you know, politics aside, whatever, you know, where we, we opened back in December. First, you know, the first opportunity we really could. And uh, we'll do the same after this next weird closure it's just kind of funny it just keeps happening over and over and yeah. over and over <laughs> what a year man what yeah. a year i mean that's the whole year man <laughs> the whole what year. a year 2020 <laughs> we've had enough to get yeah since march four up. weeks of trade <laughs> four weeks <laughs> of allowing I've people had to watch like 10 like 10 shifts like max yeah frustrating because it feels like we're just back at March like kicked into about that high yeah and I don't know I've gone back and forth and I'm done blaming people and I'm it's just like I just I can't deal with like I don't feel like the government done the best job on it yeah I don't think that you know a particularly that's not a hot take um but 
it's just yeah, it's annoying for a lot of people, and it's upsetting, and it also forced a lot of people to flee the city last night, which defeated the whole point because you crammed hundred thousand of people together. Yeah, and it's just I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's just just un it's just uncertain. But, yeah, you know, keep on trucking. Yes. Again. Keep on trucking. And hopefully the cinema, the cinema will be back as soon as we can, like you said. It's just, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I'd, I'd obviously, you know, keep everything closed as much as, you know, get it down so the vaccine can do its thing. But goddamn, like, it feels like we've done that and it just opened right back up. So mm-hmm. if we have to go down for a long haul again, just make it out. If you're gonna throw yeah. Christmas away five days before it's happening, <laughs> make it count. I think it's important, yeah, just to say keep on trucking. That's kind of like what we've been doing at the cinema, especially after the first lockdown. We like really got, like I said a second ago, we got ourselves in a good place where we were on top of everything that we could be on top of and try to make ourselves, you know, the safe, safest possible environment of any cinema, and uh, probably one of the mm-hmm. safest ones if not just in the country, but just maybe even in the world, we've gone above and beyond. We try to make things incredibly safe. And, uh, and that's saying a lot for such a small little building that's run by a small crew of people who've like been up and down this whole entire year of like having to move tickets and refunds and reprograms, you know, the whole entire program and, shuffle that along like multiple times in a year and uh put shows back on sale and continue to try to keep the fun going through emails and these podcasts and all that we've we've done it and then our staff also like just have like having to like sit it out and just like wait by the sidelines and you know just hope that things were going to get better and we would be able to reopen and uh it's amazing like i fucking commend all the staff who worked at the Prince Charles Cinema throughout this whole year, we lost only a couple of people who decided to either go back home to their home countries if they were from Europe or elsewhere, or just like a few people who maybe found some other things at the time. But I mean, most of our staff stuck with Mm -hmm. us and that's amazing. And they came back and they were so full of beans and jumped on board for like our new environment that we had to kind of craft for ourselves and, you know, they just continued to work as hard as they could throughout it. And just, it's, I don't know, man. I mean, that's the story of the whole country. Yeah. It's a special place, man. The Prince Charles cinema. And I'm, you know, mm. I want to see it open. I think like, you know, it's, you know, as if any year it's important for film to be alive. And, you know, it's the year that we've had like 2020 where that, comes into question over and over and over with streaming services and people being afraid to go to the cinema or just out into public and stuff. And, you know, it's like, understand, completely understand, but it's good to have a place like the Prince Charles cinema to show you that film still exists and cinema can still live and, you know, we'll still be there. And we're confident we are like, like I said, we're going to open as soon as we can. Um, And that's as much as I know right now. That's as much as an update I can give. And it's kind of somber and sad at times. But hey, let's talk about some things that aren't so sad because we still are alive. You know, we're lucky that we are. <laughs> and uh, we can keep trying to keep you guys entertained. 
and talk about what we have left this Christmas. <laughs> and that's something that it, a lot of people enjoy at this time of year. And that's uh, Christmas movies. Uh, and a heavy hitter of Christmas movies. So Phil, before we like really get into probably what will be one of both of our favorite Christmas films. Phil, what are some of your favorite Christmas movies besides the one that we'll inevitably both probably have at the top of our list? I don't have a list, actually. I'm really unprepared. I just moved house, like I said. So take that for what you will. This episode's going to be horrible. (laughs) (laughs) And it should be. Yes. It should reflect the emotional state of the people. I don't have a list either. We did one last week, Home Alone, Home Alone Alone, either one, one and two, but I like one of the, you know, the OG, the best. I'm a big fan of, uh, we were going to do it at the bonus ep, but uh, I never got around to it. The Santa Claus, yeah. Tim Allen, Tim, Santa Claus Night movie. I love that movie. It's, it's my go-to in terms of immediately get me in the mood. It would obviously, I was a big fan of the kid because I like Tim Allen and Home Improvement, and we've done that. Uh, but there's something about it. It's got that thing of like a Christmas story, doesn't it, as well? It's this like, it's sweet yet cynical. Yes. It's like this, it's this really genuine like Christmas story of this guy, you know, rediscovering the spirit of Christmas, learning to believe in like the goodness of the season. But Tim Allen in it is such a real guy constantly like making fun of what's happening and that grounds it in such an interesting way that I don't see with a lot of other Christmas movies. But that's a favorite. That's yeah. one I, 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 go to, I go to a lot, I think. Yeah, I apologize to all you listeners out there because we were going to do, uh, like Phil said, uh, Santa Claus is a little bonus episode, but um, <laughs> uh, I'm kind of tired. Uh, didn't want to <laughs> I'm kind of tight uh, we've done a lot <laughs> we did say a couple weeks ago there would probably be one or two more episodes and we, we've we made it to this is two and this has come out week of Christmas and uh, a couple of days later than it normally would but hey we're trying to get you right at Merry it. Christmas <laughs> and like we've been saying we're going to take yeah. a couple weeks break after this episode so we'll say that again later maybe for you to remember Sorry, but I do love the Santa Claus. It's kind of a shame that uh seems like this year has been one of those years where you learn about how a lot of people that you like are kind of crappy, and it seems like, Fuck. you know, Tim Allen kind of, like, sucks, maybe. But it's okay, yeah. whatever. It's, it's still a fun film. I still like a lot of films that he's been mm. in. I mean, we talked about earlier this year, Galaxy Quest, and that's awesome. Uh, but yes... Uh, some other f- films I like. I mean, obviously, we've, we've talked about a couple of things. This, I mean, go back, listen to the last couple of weeks. I mean, Die Hard's amazing. <laughs> Home Alone's amazing. Die Hard, go to that thing. Jingle all the way. Uh, Die Hard's one of our best episodes we've ever produced. So uh, go sure. check that out. It's silly. So silly. Uh, Jingle all the way. <laughs> super silly. I love Scrooge. I'm a fan of Scrooge too. I think it's low-key underrated. Yeah, cynical Christmas yeah. classic. I think it's great. Uh, and yeah, one of my faves is uh, A Christmas Story. I think, uh, I think it's 
fucking lovely. It's, it's very American. But, uh, <laughs> it's very fun, man. I like silly films at Christmas time that just are like kind of, you know, off off the beaten path of your normal Christmas film. Like the night before, super fun. We talked about that. Yeah, a couple I weeks ago. Certainly. Very fun. Do you, do you prefer do you prefer movies sort of just sort of set at Christmas to get into the mood or like? More Christmas, like Trading Places, that's one of my favorite. Yeah, Trading Not Places is one of my. It's quite Christmassy. Yeah. In terms of like visually, obviously, it takes place over Christmas, leading mm. up to New Year, and then the whole Dan Aykroyd and Santa, like really iconic bit. Um, but then there's stuff like you know, Batman Returns. I'm a big fan of. Yeah. If we if we're gonna say Die Hard is a Christmas movie, I think that's definitely a Christmas <laughs> movie as well. I think it probably had. It's more of a Christmas movie. It's like Christmas is actually quite intertwined into the plot yeah. when it couldn't exist. Batman any saves other time Christmas. Of you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's the ultimate superhero tale. <laughs> There's some other like stupid ones that I think are just kind of fun, like I don't often think about, but if I like see the name, I'm just like, actually, you know what? That film's fun. Just Friends with uh, Ryan Reynolds is like hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The silly. one where he's in the fat suit. Yeah, it's silly. Pretty hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I love, obviously, like, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is of course. really, really fun. Really funny. But, I mean, you know, it's like Christmas. Christmas is uh, it's a fun time of year. I mean, you can't always have, you know, fun. Sometimes it's got to be depressing. And sometimes you got to watch something that's really depressing. Like, uh... <laughs> Students being killed. I'm, I'm talking about Black Christmas, uh, the OG 1974. <laughs> there we go. I thought you were going into it, The Wonderful Life, and I was like, I don't remember that. Same guy who, who did uh, a Christmas Story, surprisingly, which is hilarious, and Baby Geniuses, and Porky's. What a roller coaster of a career Bob Clark had. Uh, but yes, yeah. Black Christmas paved the way for Halloween. Like Halloween wouldn't exist if sure. things like Black Christmas didn't exist. It's no flasher. John Carpenter was like, I love Black Christmas. I want to do a film that's set at Halloween time that's like this, about like a crazy person who just goes in and like, you know, just starts killing people. Okay, let's get into it. Meat potatoes of the episode. It's Christmas time. We're <laughs> yeah, having fun here, on. guys. We're, We're having fun. Going. Kick Let's back. Go to the main one. We're, you know, We're grab grab your chocolates. You know, whatever you're doing. Um, eat all your advent. Go buy an Every- advent calendar. It's probably a little bit cheaper because it's almost all. Christmas. Eat all I'm those proud. chocolates out of it. Whatever you want to do. Drink your Bud Lights. Drink your bottles of wine. Be merry. Get coffee spiked and, with Bailey. And happy. You know, and thankful for all the things, you know, that... You do have in such a really dreadful time of year when things just really can't get any worse and you find yourself on a bridge and you ask yourself, God, why me? Why should the center of the universe revolve around me? Why do people have to look to me for answers? Why do people have to look to me for entertainment? Why do people have to look for me for... <laughs> they're not. They're not. They're not. They're not looking they're not, at me. They're not. they're not. But it's okay. Feels like it. Because sometimes you find yourself on a bridge like George Bailey in a depressing Christmas movie. 
that turns out to be one of the happiest Christmas movies. <laughs> is it? Is it a good Christmas movie? Is it a Christmas movie? Yeah. No, it's not a yeah, Christmas fuck, movie. Obviously. Um, yeah, it's a goddamn Christmas movie. Don't fight me. Is Well, if Die Hard's not a Christmas movie, then this film's not a Christmas movie. Yeah. No? Okay. Only the ending at that Christmas. Uh, it's, it's, right. it's a film that tops both of our lists, probably. I don't know. I don't know if it's your all-time favorite. It's up there for me. It's up there for me. Tied. It's not your top? It, tied with Die Hard? No, um, A Christmas Carol, man. I, I love, sorry, A Christmas Story. Christmas Carol. Okay. A Christmas Story. Yeah, A Christmas Story. <laughs> Fuck off, Scrooge. <laughs> the only Christmas Carol I like is the Scrooge McDuck one. Yeah. And the Muppets one, pretty good as well. Noticeably absent from uh, my list. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're done. Done it. Yeah, no. Uh, it, it's tied. It's tied with The Christmas Story. I, it's a wonderful life. It's a thing. It's, a it's wonderful. It's a wonderful it's a thing. It's a wonderful film. Wonderful. Well, who are you? I told you, George, I'm your guardian angel. What is it you want, Mary? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Welcome home, Mr. Bailey. Santa Mandel Hogwarts. I wish I had a million dollars. Mr. and Mrs. Martini, welcome home. This is what I wished for. You see, George, you really had a wonderful life. George Bailey has so many problems. He is thinking about ending it all. And it's Christmas. <laughs> As the angels discuss George, we see his life in a flashback. As George is about to jump from a bridge. You know, that sounds like a good idea. He ends up rescuing his guardian angel. Clarence! Clarence! Who then shows George what his town would have looked like if it hadn't been for all of his good deeds over the years. It's the 1946 Christmas classic. Like I said, that's not any more of a Christmas film than Die Hard. Directed by Frank Capra. Phil, come on, let's do it. We've done a little bit of joking before. I, I like beat around the bush enough to get to the point hot takes out the gate where are you at on it's a wonderful life <laughs> they canceled christmas <laughs> um i love the wonderful life i genuinely kind of adore it it's so 
meaningful to me. It's it's like the only movie I will get mad if people don't like. It's like you're dead inside if you've done <laughs> nothing for you. It doesn't have to make you cry, but like, and there's a few people like that in cinema. It's like, come on, like I get, I get it. It's corny and it's old. It's kind of old, it's old fashioned and it's outdated, but it's so genuine. It's so wonderful. It's like beyond Christmas. It's my favorite Christmas movie. It's one of my favorite movies. It really affects me, and I do, and I wish I kind of wish it didn't because it's quite hard to watch every year, and I watch it every Christmas. I was lucky enough to catch it at the cinema. The last thing I saw before we closed, oh, literally nice. a couple of days before we closed, and I was <laughs> I was lucky to catch it. But my God, it's just sort of unbearable. And I know I know all the beats, but it's like clockwork. Every half an hour, something makes me cry, and then the un- the ending. It's like ugly crying. It's like painful. It's, gen- it's the only film I can think of that makes uh, make me like cry tears of joy. Like it makes me so happy to be alive. And that's just such a rare feeling. Mm-hmm. Genuine, like genuine, like enjoyment of things like that. And it just it it gets it. And I don't I don't know what it does. I just it's a wonderful story and it's wonderfully acted. Just, I love Jimmy Stewart, and it's great to just watch him run around. And it's such a small, relatable story. And it's great. It's just great. And it's nice. And, it, and it's just it's so like 2020, right? It's so like <laughs> just this whole year had been shit. <laughs> but there are good things. If you look for them, there are good things worth living for. Yeah. And that's something I have to remind myself quite often. But, you know, and this movie does it really well. What about you? <laughs> no. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I mean, I've probably said on this podcast before that I struggle to, I mean, not struggle to cry. It's just like I don't cry a lot. And uh, I, I only cry at movies. I will up. Literally, exclusively. But, you know, I get it with this film. I get it because this film is fucking sweet. It's uh, heartwarming and. Yeah, it's like it, I can get where you're coming from. I, I I understand where people maybe don't like it because it's old and stuff. But I get where you're coming from, like to get angry at people who don't like it because it's just like, <laughs> in my opinion, it's like I don't get angry at people, but I just like find it almost interesting that like someone couldn't like <laughs> this film, particularly hmm. just because of Jimmy Stewart. Like he's yeah, the Jim most likable person. Like. Sometimes you hear some weird things about people like a Jimmy Stewart or something. You're like, oh, man, come on. Just don't tell me that or something. Because like, yeah, you know, don't want to hear it. You know, it's just like you don't want to hear that, you know, people that you admire, you know, like could be kind of less than. But I mean, you know, I've not yeah, heard too smuggled many of those, cocaine. I've not heard too many of the <laughs> stories about Jimmy Stewart, but he's just a likable guy. And this film's really yeah. sweet. It's just really fun. It's funny. It's sad. It's heartbreaking. And who in the year of the Lord of 2020 hasn't filmed themselves standing on a bridge, either physically or mentally or metaphorically or whatever, you know, like yeah. and just Many questioning times. Your entire existence, because I know I have. <laughs> uh, but yes, <laughs> it's um, 
it's a good movie, man. Like I, I, did, I haven't watched it. Like I said, I've been moving and stuff. So this episode is more of a fun. We're enjoying ourselves at Christmas time, having a few drinks, seeing each other, catching up before we go on a little holiday break. It's a film that I've seen so many times. I don't need to like watch it before we talk about it a little bit. It's not going to be your you. typical episode where I'm full blown giving you all the facts and details. I do have some facts and stuff. I, I managed to um, nick a few facts here and there, some half-assed internet research, and uh, we are going to have a little bit of fun talking about this movie. But uh, I just want you guys to like, you know, have a merry Christmas, and if you want to put this film on, put it on because it's it's a good time this time of year. It's a good one to put on, and uh, I know Christmas. As they keep saying on the news, is uh, different this year. It's different, as it should be. You know, you shouldn't go hang out with all your relatives and potentially make things worse because, you know, maybe there won't be a Christmas next year if we keep this up or years after. So, you know, let's let's sustain, guys. Let's sustain. I love this film, man. It's a good one. I didn't know this though. The story was actually derived from a Christmas card. So, no, no, you're no, you're messing with me. <laughs> I'm literally watching BoJack. I'm literally rewatching BoJack Horseman, and that the fucking plot line where Mr. Peanut Butter optioned the right to a uh, Happy Birthday Dad card and turned it into a movie <laughs> called Birthday Dad. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. This is a guy named Philip Van Dorn Stern. Who tried to like? Is that enough last Yeah, name? it's enough. That's is so that 30. enough? Philip Van, Van Dornstern, John Dorn, Philip Stern, Philip Van Dorn, Philip Van Stern, <laughs> Philip Van Dornstern. Uh, <laughs> he tried to sell his short story for years. It's a story called "The Greatest Gift." Before he decided to give the gift of words to his closest friends for the holidays, and he printed up two hundred copies of the story and he sent them out, you know, as a twenty-one page Christmas card. And that was when David Hempstead, the producer at RKO Pictures, ended up getting a hold of it. And he purchased the movie rights for $10,000. That must have been so much back then. Like, you know, in, especially post like World War II, you know, like someone just throwing 10 grand at you. I mean, holy shit. I mean, I'd, do, I'd, I'd sell my yeah. life rights for $10,000 right now. <laughs> They're not worth 10000 but you know now yeah i would do that now yeah i would do most anything for 10 grand no that's that's something in a in a story about a guy who starts a podcast didn't zach braff make that into a tv show <laughs> is that and he didn't make what any show sense. is that i thought zach braff was still still making scrubs nah man it's long gone. he made that movie about the senior citizens uh robbing a bank and he was the monkey in that aunt movie keep up dude no, but he would. Oh, wait, I'm gonna find it because it had a really fucking stupid ass title as well. It lasted like four episodes. Alex Incorporated. Alex Incorporated. That was it. Oh, okay. I know he's not doing Scrubs anymore, but I stopped uh, paying attention to what Zach Braff was doing because I saw a YouTube video of saying like, you know, one of those like, why doesn't Hollywood hire Zach Braff anymore? And I was like, okay, they're not hiring him anymore. It's so no point in keeping up. <laughs> oh, That's how enough. my mind works, Phil. That's how I'll get my I, news, you know. So you didn't click on the articles. thing to fi- you didn't actually click it, click on it to find out what the news was. The headline was enough. <laughs> <laughs> He's over. Because you yeah. know it was definitely a link to that time he beat up a teenager on uh, punk. It was definitely that. 
That would oh yeah, end of his career. Remember that? Yeah. Nobody talked about that anymore. Cancelled. Cancelled. Cancelled now. Dude. We're talking about Canceled. it now in 2020. What Never if that forget. broke the news of this horrible what podcast we episode? It? We broke <laughs> We cancelled Zach Braff On just so Christmas we can move special. our shitty our shitty podcast up a little notch in the film and TV podcast rankings on Apple because the Scrubs podcast. Make sure to uh, put that in the title. I don't want to see the pod shell in a Christmas special. I don't want to see that. It needs to be called Why Doesn't Hollywood Hire Night Breath Anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Bracket. The holiday Christmas special. It's a wonderful life. Who wouldn't click on that? Who in their right mind, <laughs> wakes up on Christmas Day and it's like, you know what? I'd love, to, I'd like to listen to a podcast. I'm on my own to four, you know, we mentioned, and see that, and they're not like, holy fuck, why am I not listening to that right now? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought about the Die Hard episode, but I mean, apparently, <laughs> apparently, yeah. You know what? Sometimes, sometimes it feels like it's not worth it. Sometimes. <laughs> Find yourself getting into your car and <laughs> looking on Google Maps for the closest bridge, bridge over a really, really long drop over a body of water. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> by the time It's a Wonderful Life made it to theaters, the story was uh, much different from the man with <laughs> five billion last names, Stern's original tell. Uh, that's because more than a half a dozen people contributed to the screenplay. Uh, including some pretty acclaimed writers at the time. You had Dorothy Parker, Dalton Trumbo, Mark Connolly, Clifford Oditz. There's a couple of other people who left the project. They're still credited, apparently. It's like a husband-wife duo. They left because they found Frank Kappa to be condescending. You know, fun stuff like that. Uh, so a lot of people had their hands in to come, you know, to come up with the story. Making the sausage. Yeah, when they are making that sausage called It's a Wonderful Life. Back when it was called the Christmas gift oh, or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the greatest gift. <laughs> when greatest RKO gift. actually purchased the rights, they originally planned on having Cary Grant in the lead, which, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to say that I'd rather see that version, but I'm just saying it probably would still be hell of a movie because Cary Grant, sure, yeah. it's like. <sighs> Cary Grant doesn't have that every man thing, though, that Jimmy Stewart had. That's the. You know, Jimmy Stewart kind of talked funny. He's really like tall and lanky, and he's like, yeah. yeah, he just seemed like a regular person, and that would hit appeal at the time. Yeah, but Cary Grant was hot, though. You know, he was. Cary hot. Grant was hot. Oh, he yeah. was hot in the streets. Hot to trot. He was hot in the sheets. He was hot back then, man. I mean, I don't know about now. He's probably. Not very I'm pretty sure he's dead now. It's probably pretty cold. It's probably cold. Pretty cold. But, Underground. Uh, Six feet under. But, you know, he was good looking, man. Good looking dude. I mean, Jimmy Stewart, like you said, he was a bit of a, uh, or sorry, sometimes I struggle when I'm looking up things about Jimmy Stewart because I like to call him Jimmy, but the internet sometimes likes to call him James. <laughs> actually, um, it's James Stewart. <laughs> actually, it's James, <laughs> James Stewart. Yeah, sorry. I got him confused with Jimmy it's Stewart, the country singer. Charles, Charles Chaplin, not Charlie. <laughs> uh, oh, Goddamn. <laughs> Yeah, I've just looked it up, by the way, and Cary Grant is um, dead. Yeah, <laughs> He's hot, too, isn't he? he and dead. Um, dead, dead. He was so hot. Dead, just like Christmas. Like you said. Yeah. yeah. 
But, you know, the project, it went through some ups and downs, as most films seem to go through. I mean, name a film that was perfectly shot from start to finish without any hiccups here or there. Bubble Boy. Or everywhere. (laughs) Uh, Did you say Bubble Boy? Yeah. (laughs) Without a hitch. (laughs) Yeah, I'm dying on that hill. Yeah, we're not, like, talking about the fact that, like, many people were severely upset by uh, the existence of that movie. But, okay. Yeah, but I, I want them though. Doesn't that, count. Phil. I did a whole bit about that, Phil. Um, <laughs> did nobody hear the bit? <laughs> in 1945, though, after a number of rewrites, like I said, there was a lot of rewrites going on. RKO actually sold the movie rights to Frank Capra, who quickly recruited Jenny Stewart to play George Bailey. Jimmy Stewart. Uh-huh. It's the one, man. He makes this movie for me. Yeah. You know, Jimmy Stewart has been in two of the greatest Christmas films ever. I purposely left out one of my other favorites because it also oh, yeah. uh, was remade, you know, in a more modern setting, you know, mm. by our pizza boy, our little glove loving boy, uh, <laughs> Tom Hanks. Yeah. So shop around the corner, shop around the corner is a, uh, Fantastic Christmas movie. Very fun. Yeah, they remade it. You've got mail. Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan. Classic combo. They get mail. It's great. Amazing. I've only seen the remake. I haven't seen the original. Love both of them. You've got mail. <laughs> it's one of those films. If it's on, I'll watch it. Really? I see it like, yeah, it's one of those things. I'll see it on Netflix. I'm like, I'll watch it. I can watch that. I can watch it. I could do it. I could do it right now. <laughs> It's, it's I'd rather be doing I don't that know than why. recording this. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why it's one of those films. It, you know, like, I feel like everyone's probably got those films. I wouldn't even say it's, it's one watchable. of my favorite films. It's just mm-hmm. like a watchable movie. I'm like, I'm happy yeah, to put yeah. it on. Uh, okay. Coming out soon. It should have already been edited. But like I said, I've been moving house uh, over on Patreon.com. Of course, that's the PCC podcast. We're talking about another one of those films. It'll come out hopefully this later this week. Uh, one of those films that I really enjoy that I just think is so stupidly washable and it is one of my favorite films without a doubt, Step Brothers. So head over there to patreon.com forward slash PCC podcast. Support the podcast. Oh my God, we're we're literally giving you no ads. If you listen to breadcrumbs no and stuff, we give you fake ads, but those aren't real ads. They're just meant to make you laugh. Yeah, it's like Saturday Night Live back in the day. <laughs> yeah, we don't make any money off of this thing except for you know, fan support. So if you like the podcast, head over there to patreon.com forward slash CC podcast. $5 a more a month gets you bonus episodes. This month, it's only going to be one because it's Christmas time. <laughs> I moved house. I'm tired. We're taking a break. But there will be Step Brothers a little bit later. And then in the new year, we'll get back to doing two. Sometimes we do two episodes. Sometimes we'll do three or four. Like Halloween time was crazy. So uh, there's a lot of good episodes over there for you to enjoy patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast. Should we just keep doing Christmas movies into the new year? <laughs> yeah. And not forever it. until the cinema reopens because who cares? <laughs> uh, we can just do whatever we want now. I don't yeah. know. We got to figure out how we're going to like program this podcast for the next few months. If the cinema is just closed until March. I think we could do it. I think we did it for eight months already. I think we could do it. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what? Dudes, it's always the prequels. They're always the prequels. Uh, we also got 
some requests to finally do uh, bring out the horse's head, Phil. Godfather Part Two. It's happening. Finally happening. After laying out the plot line of the film, It's a Wonderful Life for Jimmy Stewart in a meeting, Frank Capra realized that this really doesn't sound so good, does it? Uh, that's in my head what Frank Capra sounds like. I think that's pretty good. He's like, like a George Lucas from the 40s. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just, I think we should make Mary younger. Make Mary younger. Make her yeah. younger. Make her so like young 15. that it, sometimes you feel kind of uncomfortable when uh, yeah. you're watching this film. Because that's probably one of the things I think is one of the biggest drawbacks. Is that uh, Donald Reed at times is supposed to be playing Mary. Mary. Oh, Mary. You know, Mary. You're supposed to like her and stuff. But at times they're reminding you that she's still just but, oh, a young teenager. That uh, a grown man who's already out of high school is fawning over. It's uh, not creepy at all because it was 1946. And apparently, yeah, it's fine back then. There's like a four-year difference between them, though. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. But they both look like they're 48. So, <laughs> you know. yeah, it's like watching a, it's like watching a teen movie from the 90s. Donna Reed does not look 48. Jimmy Stewart definitely looks like he's pushing 40. Donna Reed to, looks to be, like they yeah, do a good job. She like she looks more convincing, but he does a pretty good job considering where he starts. Like the first time you see him, you know, big as a whale. You know, that that shot where he gets the suitcase. And he's <laughs> that like classic shot. He's like trim and he got the <laughs> slick back slick back black hair. And by the end he's like gray and disheveled and unshaven. He looks yeah. significantly older in a yeah. very short does, span yeah. of time. And he hadn't actually aged. So they've done something. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I just wanna believe it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, Despite Frank Capra thinking that he pitched this film not sounding really good to Jimmy Stewart, Jimmy Stewart said, Frank, if you want me to be in the picture about a guy who wants to kill himself and an angel that comes down named Clarence who can't swim and I save him, when do we start? I mean, okay. <laughs> terrible Jimmy I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what was going on in Jimmy Stewart's mind back then, you know? Like, he wanted to you know, jump off a bridge and save an angel. I mean, so. we have this image of Jimmy Stewart, but he made some dark fucking movies. He did a lot of stuff with Hitchcock. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that dude had leveled layers. Yeah. Oh. He was battling some demons. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, <laughs> Jim, Jimmy Stewart sounds like this. Um, well, well, Frank, if you if you want me to start in a movie where a guy kills himself on Christmas and saves an angel, when do we start? Is that better? <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's not. It's not great. Sorry. It was uh, the first leading role, though, for his uh, partner in the film, Donna Reed. Played, you know, she played uh, Mary Bailey or Mary, 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 oh, Mary. Mary. Oh, Mary. <laughs> That's good. Uh, despite that really good. being in over uh, 20 films prior to this, this was her first uh, starring role. And she beat out the likes of Gene Arthur for the role. And she's really good in this film, though. Like, she's solid. She, she's she's, uh, she's just like, yeah, lovely. That's the, that's the best word for it. She's just like, yeah. Except for the fact that, <laughs> which I think is the best thing about this film. Uh, oh, no. Through... <laughs> A 2020 gaze or even a 2018 or 2016 gaze, or 2014 or t- 
2000 gays 1991 or 1921 <laughs> gays that like if a woman <laughs> doesn't find a man. man who she like is supposed to marry because he like offs himself in some weird alternate sort of timeline and she's like just an old maid at the age of like 20 <laughs> it doesn't make any like that i i totally agree with something dusty always point out when we watch it she's like the only bit of that movie make no fucking sense <laughs> when like why yeah, it's she's fucking still absurd mary she's still like this wonderfully like exuberant um you know uh charismatic person she would have had a life a good life she probably would have married that yeah. fucking sam sam wainwright guy sam hee-haw yeah. that guy hee-haw hee-haw yeah the guy who gets rich off soybeans or whatever the fuck and plastic. I don't know. And plastic. George makes him a millionaire and he gives him nothing. What a shitty friend until yeah. the end. But you know, what a shitty friend for most of it. Um, yeah, that makes no sense. Everyone else's story makes sense. Could they suddenly, doesn't it remind you of Back to the Future 2? When like they go to the alternate 80s and Biff had taken over and it, yeah. that's what part, part of it looked like, right? Isn't that what it looked like? It's like, it's supposed to be this decadent place of like sin and debauchery but it looked kind of amazing like i would totally hang out in the town it's just neon sign it's yeah like it looks awesome clubs and bars and movies and you know people just getting drunk and fighting in the street martinis looks cooler yeah where do you get off calling me nick i never seen you before in my <laughs> life <laughs> that guy's great that guy is so 1940 yeah what is the name of the place when it's not martinis? It's, it's like just Nick. Is it just Nick's? Nick's? Yeah, it's, <laughs> he owns the bar. <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to like think about a film. It, you know, it's like obviously this movie's really sweet and stuff, and it's lovely and it's so fun. And we talked about how amazing we think it is, and it's just like could really pull a lot of emotions out of you. But at times when you really like dive into a lot of what's going on in the film, it can just make you like. Like really question things. I mean, I, I think I might have said this on the podcast before, but uh, I've like I, like I said earlier, I've I've seen this film a lot, mm-hmm. and in particular, one year at the cinema because you have to. This film literally plays every day at Christmas time. Yeah, every day, thirty-five mil. Some years it plays three or four times a day, <laughs> and one year. I don't know why I did this. Uh, it might have been one of my first years working at the cinema, my first Christmas at the cinema. We were operating on a skeleton crew at Christmas time because that's typically what happens. Uh, mm. There'll be a lot of the people who've been there a long time will, will get holiday. They'll get to go off. And then a lot of the people get hired shortly before Christmas or maybe in the summer before Christmas or kind of like told when you get hired. Yeah, and you're going to have to work over Christmas. You're not going to be able to go on holiday because uh, that's usually the conditions of your first year in at the PCC. And uh, I was one of the people who was on the skeleton crew of Christmas staff members. And uh, <laughs> I was sitting there one day, just everyone was like, oh, man, I don't want to see It's a Wonderful Life again. It was really strong that year. It was one of those where it was like literally four times a day. And uh, I was just like, well, I'll watch it. And then I was like, I'll watch it every time it plays today. It was playing three times that day. And I was like, I'll watch it three times in a row. And they were saying I couldn't do it. It was like, you won't do it. You won't do it. 
from I'll the other it. staff members. And I was just like, I'll do it. And I did it. I don't care. I'll do it. But I will say that <laughs> halfway through the third watching, when uh, Mr. Potter was just banging on the table in anger against George. God damn it, George. One of those, like, <laughs> one of those meetings that they were having. I was just like, oh, God, <laughs> this film's so long. <laughs> Did I, ironically, after the third watch, it made you want to kill yourself. <laughs> That's impressive. I think I could do. I think I could do that. I think I could do it. But I, I, yeah, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to ruin a, a movie I enjoy quite, quite a bit. That props, man. That's very impressive. Three times in a row. Yeah. Well, speaking of. Uh... Mr. Potter, he's played by Lionel Barrymore, who's uh, Drew Barrymore's great uncle. The old Barrymore. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know the that. Old, the whole clan, John Barrymore, Lionel. It's funny. like tons of them. He's such a dick in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's such an asshole. I think one of the worst things is when he, like literally it's the catalyst for everything that really kicks off like, the whole spiraling out of control. I mean, obviously there's a lot that that's a catalyst. Like up, yeah. George is a bit of a, he's sort of a bit of a pushover. He like, he sort of like has, he has he's to be the to person. Stay home. Yeah. Yeah. He's forced, but he's also, he also like sees himself as he has to be the person to help out, to save the family business, to save the day, to keep everything running. Yeah, and keep to be family, that person, he yeah. makes he makes himself one of those people, and he doesn't really realize how important he yeah. becomes by putting himself in that position in everyone's lives. And yeah. uh, you know, so there's a lot of things that happen throughout the film. Obviously, we get the flashbacks from the angels and stuff who go through His George's whole, whole entire life and a lot and all the stuff he movie. did. A lot happens. It's a long life. It's a long film. That's it's a another long drawback life. of That's this film. It's a long film. It's a long one. Uh, but life. yeah, like one of the big things though that really just puts the film in motion to drive George mad, to drive him to that bridge, is that uh, his uncle, his stupid uncle, <laughs> <You> stupid <laughs> places, the uh, Uncle Billy misplaces the news. He has this newspaper with all the money, the deposits that are supposed to go into the bank and mean old Mr. Potter picks it up and instead of being nice or ever returning the money, he just, he just steals it. He steals it just to fuck over. (laughs) It's horrible. The only thing he could do. It's so horrible. The only thing he could do. (laughs) And like, he knowed that and like, he knows like George comes groveling to him, begging him for help. Yeah. And, He's just like, no, he's like, I'm calling the police and I'm putting you in jail. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, this guy is pure evil. Like, there's the great line early in the film where he, like, you know, the one thing he can't buy is love. It's like, that's what he wants from everyone. <laughs> it's the one thing he can't have. And it's the only thing George had is love and friendship and family. And that, that's what makes him truly the richest guy in town. Not mean old Mr. Potter. And Who that, literally is the richest guy. The richest guy in town, yeah, and owned everything. And, and you know, it's, it's one of those movies. It's an anti-capitalist movie. 
Exactly, which is weird for a movie mm. that's so American as well. But like, yeah. it. Well, I'll get one to of that. Those movies you get to pretend for a minute that a character like Mr. Potter doesn't get everything he wants. Mm-hmm. But in if it just feels like in the real world now, Mr. Potter is the winner all the time. Donald Trump is fucking yeah. Mr. Potter. Donald Trump is sitting in a cane and doesn't even realize that. Like, he's so fucking stupid and ignorant and, like, doesn't realize his own hubris and, like, the concept that money doesn't make you happy. It's just it's so far, and yet they'll reference these movies. Sorry, I'm going off here just because I know he does that movie and it's really frustrating. But, yeah, it's a wonderful life in the moment where you get to pretend that, like, George Bailey wins. And he does win, I guess. Once he stopped and realized yeah. what he had, and it takes quite a huge thing for him to realize what he had. Literally, a, a weird little man in a robe had to come down and talk about yeah. Tom Sawyer. I don't know what the deal is. You forget, you forget that the setup. You forget that this movie. That's only the end. That's only like the last half hour of this movie. It's like <laughs> yeah. the first like hour and a half. It's all just his life. <laughs> And there's something quite powerful yeah. to that. I like movies that do that, right? It's like Forrest Gump or like, fuck it, Benjamin Button. Or like, just movies where you get to witness an entire life. Irishman. There's something powerful in seeing all of that unfold. And then right at the end, he tries to end it. And then you go back and you do this great, again, thing where you go back <laughs> and you wrap yourself around the earlier movie and get to see everything reframed in a different context. Yeah, and definitely. it's great. It's great. But yeah, no, it's this wonderful fantasy world where like love triumphs. And that's why that's kind of why I like Christmas. It's this period where I get to pretend that everybody loved each other and liked each other and at least yeah. people try to do nice things. So maybe I'm working this now and I'm talking to you. Maybe that's why I like No, I mean I think that that's the i mean you know i saw someone tweet which was kind of funny and i saw a lot of guys getting angry at it and i I don't really care don't really care it's kind of funny this uh girl was like why do why do guys instead of going to get therapy start a podcast (laughs) (laughs) this is our therapy so it's easy to work Uh, out your problems on on air um especially in the year of the lord 2020 the more problems you have the more podcasts you start I got a 99 <laughs> problems, but this podcast ain't one. Um, but I got there 99 podcasts as well. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I know. I think, yeah, fucking Mr. Potter, he's a bit of a... He's a bit of a penguin. He's got penguin vibes. You oh, know, for sure. Especially yeah. Danny DeVito penguin vibes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, funny character. Danny DeVito. Beulah Bondi, she plays Mrs. Bailey. She's like J- Jamie Stewart's mother. It's like Jim- Jamie Stewart's Jamie Stewart. Jamie Stewart. Uh, she's Jimmy Stewart's Arnie, mother. Arnie remake remake of it's a wonderful life, but it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Do I'd it, Hollywood. Don't be a coward. I'd watch that. Oh, I'd love it. Yeah. Can we bring back uh, Jake Lloyd as as like one of his kids? Jake Lloyd can play new <laughs> new. <laughs> <laughs> Beulah Bondi, who plays Mrs. Bailey, she's like one of she's James Stewart's mother in this film. But apparently, she's played his mother in three different films. Did they just look alike? Just like it wasn't hard for her to get into 
into character. She played his mother in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. She played his mother in Of Human Hearts and Vivacious Lady. Uh, and apparently once later on the Jimmy Stewart show, The Identity Crisis, she played his mother. So that's funny. She loves being his mammy. What a weird type cast. If I could be his mother, I'd be his mother. I mean, it'd be kind of fun, I think. It's like, Jimmy. I'd, I'd be Jimmy. Clean Stewart. that room. You know, Jimmy, stop being so goddamn likable. Jimmy, <laughs> go to war. <laughs> Jimmy, don't jump off that bridge now. <laughs> go to war. <laughs> he didn't go to war in this film. Yeah, what are you? He didn't. He couldn't because he's deaf. Oh, he's deaf. Yeah, that's right. The whole deaf Listen, thing. Listen, yeah, that's yeah. fucked up. That that makes me crazy yeah. when you get smacked around by. Um, that's a horrible Tagawa. scene. Such that's a horrible, horrible scene. This movie, like, is that the number? Is that like the first of many tears that want to come out of your face? Like, yeah, during that that's scene, that's the first one. It's so good. I mean, like, he saves his brother. So yeah, he saved his brother. Yeah. It's wonderful. I mean, the movie. It's just really. Like it, they lucked out, especially for the time. Like I'm glad. Talk about the casting because it's the most perfectly cast I've seen, young to old. All the mm-hmm. kids I totally buy, and all the adults yeah. I totally buy as those kids, but also as those characters. Like they are, spot on. They're all great to look at, and they're all great in the role. Mm-hmm. But like the kid who played George, it's actually really good in that scene. Where he's just like crying, yeah, he like I, you put something off on those pills, and like I know you didn't mean it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And the old man who's just like constantly crying in this movie, he's like always <laughs> drunk and crying. Just they really, he looked really fu- for a movie where everybody looked amazing. He looked so fucked yeah. up. Yeah, yeah no, does. that's the first of many yeah. tears. Caroline Grimes, who plays Zuzu in the film, uh, Zuzu's pedals, Zuzu pedal. That makes me cry. Let's quote it. I can't even go because I can't even go. I mean, we've done it already in this episode. I can't even go for it because, like, how many times? I mean, I, I've heard that when people coming out of the fucking cinema or going into the cinema to see this film, just screaming "Zuzu's pedal, dude, pedal." It's almost as bad as like people going to an Arnie all nighter and just uh, like, get to the chopper, yeah. Get to the chopper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So apparently she didn't see this film, Caroline Grimes, who played Zuzu, until 1980. She said, I later? never took I never took the time to see the movie. She she said in 2013, I never just sat down and watched the film. I don't know why. That's insane. I mean, she was a little kid, so that kind of makes sense in some respects. But like, sure. that you would wait that long though, like, but it wasn't. I get a big it. Deal. Like, maybe she, not in the first couple of years. I bet she was in a bunch of movies. Maybe not, but like, it's weird because it's, it's a wonderful life. It's so important to many people now. But like, that movie wasn't, as far as I know, wasn't a big deal, a big hit it when it came out. Mm-hmm. What the reviews weren't great. It was one of those movies that benefited from like falling into like. Um, sort of what the word the public domain and television yeah, and being yeah. rerun on Christmas every year and yep. it feels like that's when the culture around it built up and it yep. sort of became ingrained in people's festive tradition. So I get 
that's the only way I could justify it. If like it what you know, she did this movie, It's Wonderful Life, and then nobody really talked about it. For 30 no one gave a shit about it. Yeah, nobody gave a shit. No, that'd be so <laughs> wonderful, and that'd be nice to see yourself as a kid like that. That bit where he's standing over her because she had a fever, and he's crying, and you're crying because he's like he feels like he'd failed as the father in that moment. He's like feeling her head, and it's like she wants to give her plant a. Tr- of drink of water and he'd like well you just you know you go to sleep you go to sleep and when you wake up it'll be a whole garden and she's like wow it's just like oh it's unbearable how sweet that is the whole movie and he's yeah. just so like distraught he's I mean, why, completely yeah having an existential crisis <laughs> so angry with himself and everything happening in that moment yeah great oh man and he gets angry at the teacher on the phone and then I gets mean, you know, fucking and then gets sucked in the mouth, punched in the yeah. face. My left, please. <laughs> My left, please. That bit, I wanted. The only thing I wanted to mention was, um, I remember seeing a great interview. I think it was on old Parkinson with Jimmy Stewart. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Stewart, one of those great actor, but one of those never really acknowledged that he was a great actor. I think he was quite hard on himself as an actor, and he said yeah. like he he could never really rewatch his performances, and usually wasn't very happy with them. But occasionally there'd be like these moments, like he said, he was always trying to capture moments of truth in his movie. Yeah. And he said the one that he was actually really happy with is that bit in the bar where George Bailey goes to pray. And I always think of that, not only that interview, but also just that scene whenever I think of the movie and it is a wonderful scene. It's a, heartbreaking and it feels different from the rest of it it genuinely feels like he's not acting in that bit. it's like it's so it's so weird because he's like covering his face it's played in a way that is different than any other scene and it's genuinely heartbreaking to watch you're seeing like literally a man at rock bottom begging yeah anyone who will listen to help him and even his even mary even donna reed tells all the kids to pray for him and that's the nice thing about this movie. It works. You know what I mean? Like in real life, it doesn't work, but it works. And it's a wonderful life. And it's just, it's great. It's great to love to see it. Yeah. Well, I mean, th- that's actually like an interesting thing you said, because I was actually reading and I didn't write it down in my, like in my notes here, but like that scene in particular, and it might actually add into a little bit of why it looks a little bit different. Was it like, Frank Capra, I think, was just sort of totally enthralled by how engrossed Jimmy Stewart was in that scene Mm -hmm. that he uh, decided to sort of like shoot it at a different angle as like a wide shot and stuff and just capture like the moment and stuff and like just see the pain and the tears and stuff in Jimmy Stewart's eyes. And obviously he also had that older look and vibe to him and stuff. And I think whatever, however he shot it, it's like, it's just different from the rest of the film and it just looks different. And Mm. it actually can, maybe that's the reason why it feels and looks different. It's just cause it's like, it is different. (laughs) It's like, it's uh, (laughs) this like, it's grainier in certain shots. Like it actually looks grainier. So it's, it's really interesting that you picked that out. Cause I kind of like, I was about to write that down and I just like, I didn't, so oh, that's yeah. interesting. That's yeah. An interesting thing. Boy, yeah, so Bedford Falls, it was uh 
shot on a set. It was covered for it covered four acres of RKO's Encino Ranch, and it was one of the most elaborate movie sets ever built up to that time, with seventy five stores and buildings, twenty fully grown oak trees, factories, residential areas, and a three hundred yard long main street. That's why they make him run. They he runs <laughs> down Main Street like five times in yeah. this movie. <laughs> we got to get our money's worth. <laughs> yeah. And though it's a fictitious place, the town of Cynical Falls, New York, uh, it swears that it's the real life inspiration for Old Bedford Falls. Old Bedford Falls. And they each year, even they program a full lineup of holiday themed events, you know, to put locals into the holiday spirit that are kind of like, I guess, centered around It's a Wonderful Life and stuff. So they just ruin everybody's life slowly to the point of suicide. And then right on Christmas <laughs> yeah. Eve, they're like, ah, it was a trick. Uh, actually, your life don't make Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, movie house. Yeah. Though the bulk of the film was uh, on pre-built sets at the RKO uh, studios, the dance floor at the gym, so the famous <laughs> Charleston dance scene that's fucking hilarious. And then... yeah. You White know, people dancing. Kid, <laughs> We're here for the it. old kid, Freddie Othello, who uh, gets for some reason told by old Hee Haw to open up the floor. I mean, I guess he was a bit jealous of George, but at the same time, mm. he's also just supposed to be the friends and you know, practical jokes. You know, in high school, you know. Uh, did you, you know, know he, that's Twitch there? <laughs> <laughs> he tells him so to weird. open up the floor. The retractable floor and it opens up to a swimming pool. Well, that was actually a legit retractable floor swimming pool that was at the Beverly Hills High School, which is where that was shot. And so uh, cool. that Freddie Othello kid, he was uncredited in the film. But if you know your old school, like fun little kid, you know, kid stuff that you liked when you were a kid, even if you're our age, because, you know, at our age, they you you know you might know a version of this from the 90s but if you're older from the 30s it was uh the little rascals that kid oh was God. carl switzer aka really? the original og alfalfa he was the original alfalfa that's yeah. so funny if you see it you if you see him the kid who freddie othello who 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 hits the switch because he's upset that george took mary from him you know yeah. uh it's That's fucking so alfalfa. Every time I see it, I'm just like, alfalfa. I always kind of forget that he's in the film. <laughs> that wow. day I watched it three times at the cinema, I completely forgot every single time. I was like, alfalfa, yeah. <laughs> Again, that's funny. I was watching Simpsons this morning and it was the Radioactive Man episode. And it's the, the, the bit where Mo tells the story about how he used to be in Hollywood and how he was in The Little Rascals. <laughs> and he played like he played the the ugly one or the tough one, and um, he acted Spanky. he accidentally killed the original Alfalfa <laughs> after Alfalfa like stole his bit where he like looks into a pale tailpipe and gets a face full of soot, and he just like <laughs> he like just beats the shit out of him, and he and literally the the fucking grip comes over and he's like oh my god he killed the original Alfalfa. And Mo's like, yeah, he was a he was an orphan owned by the studio. 
Amazing. Uh, that's just great. It's just weird that that came up. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's funny. Yeah. It's one of my favorite bits of the film, really. This is a funny scene. I love to see Alfalfa. Little Rascals are great. Uh, it's a wonderful life, though. It's meant to be, you know, this Christmas classic or whatever. So they say. So they say. If Die Hard's not a Christmas film, then this isn't a Christmas film. <laughs> uh, and it was actually shot in the summer of 1946 in the midst of a heat wave. At one point, Frank Capra actually had to shut down filming for a day because the temperatures were so high, which also, you know, explain why Jimmy Stewart is not acting. Sweaty. He's not acting. You can't, you can't act, you can't, you can't act sweat. Like, you can't just start sweating because you're a good actor. You know, he's sweating because it's hot. Yeah. You know, and that's really what add, added to the, um, you know, the, the magic of this film that you believe that he was so mentally distraught at this time that he was ready to jump off that bridge because he was sweating. And if you guys could see us right now, me and Phil, I mean, the sweat bullets that are coming off of our face is, you know, we're, we're pulling at, you know, we're pulling at our fucking, you know, you know Wait, collars of our shirts yeah. and stuff, you know. Trying to get some air in. It's, it's because I'm in a house. I'm in a new place that's not a basement. It's not cold. It's warm. That's the reason why. You know, it's not because I'm ready to jump off the bridge. <laughs> You'll believe a man can sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Capper, who actually was like an engineer and uh, he had special effects supervisor Russell Shearman with him. They engineered a new type of artificial snow for the film because at the time they would <laughs> usually use painted cornflakes apparently for fake snow oh, <laughs> which no? is so fucking funny that's funny but they yeah they they it was just really a loud it was just really loud like you know cornflakes are loud if you ever poured a bowl of cornflakes they're really loud so because there's a lot of snow at times it particularly it plays a part of it snowing and stuff and then it stops snowing and then it starts snowing again that whole sort of you know that whole sort of thing plays yeah a it big tells you where you are film Mm-hmm. So he and Sherman, they decided to mix fomite. So it's basically the kind of stuff you find in fire extinguishers and uh, with sugar and water. And they created this new, less noisy option for snow. And I don't know if that sort of took off or whatever. Yeah, no, I didn't know that. I figured it was another variation. Cause like, I know they used to put like milk um, in the water when they would have rain on film back in the day yeah. because what it didn't. It didn't come out on the film. You needed to lighten it with a bit of milk. Um, and I figured it was a similar like invention with no, but that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that. I love the cornflakes idea. I wish people could. <laughs> yeah, and then they kept like, the noise and they're just yelling. Yeah. <laughs> ah! Mary! <laughs> Mary! <laughs> <laughs> Why I can't hear you with snowing? I'm not deaf. I'm really not deaf in this year. It's just because the cornflakes are just streaming down right now <laughs> they fucking <laughs> tore up my car <laughs> is that where they were using milk for the water and stuff during the rain so that they could put it with the cornflakes and have a bowl of cereal later <laughs> yeah what the fuck was what Hollywood doing in the 30s they were making cereal <laughs> well you know we're talking about like this is sort of like a very anti-capitalist movie and I said I'd come back to that um, so in 1947 the FBI actually issued a memo noting that the film was a potential communist infiltration of the motion picture industry, <laughs> citing <laughs> its rather 
obvious attempts to discredit bankers by casting Lionel Barrymore as a Scrooge type so that he would be the most hated man in the picture. This, according Uh to the sources, is a common trick used by communists. It's amazing how things just don't change, you know? Like... (laughs) Bank is still the bad guy. <laughs> and also that uh, the, you know, people in charge will always lead you to believe that, uh, you know, everything that isn't capitalism is communism communism. And it's bad. Yeah. And it's bad. All communi- and, uh, bad. Communism we can't bad. have good things. We can't have, you know, I mean, at least you kind of have it in, in the UK, but in America, you can't have health care because communism uh, <laughs> why don't we have health care? I don't know. Communism. Come oh, cool. on, it, it, yeah. Communism, you know, it just doesn't work. That's why we went into Russia and like destabilized it because we knew it wouldn't work and it was just destined to fail. And that's why we made sure it failed. And that's yeah. why we wrote Wind of Change in order to inspire a rebellion and bring down the Berlin yeah. Wall. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then we installed the KGB. <laughs> so, as you said, Phil, this film actually, yeah, it's a it's a Christmas time classic nowadays. But yeah, it's Wonderful Life was not a hit back in the day with audiences. Uh, in fact, Frank Capra was putting five hundred twenty five thousand dollars in the hole after this film, which left him scrambling to finance his production company's next picture, State of the Union. The film was released in December 1946, making only $3.3 million, uh, which was probably a lot back then, (laughs) but they spent $3.18 million on his budget, which is a lot back then. That's a lot, man. Jesus Christ. That's a lot of money. but yeah, despite it not making much money at the box office, it you know it found its its popularity through a life on television. Basically, when its copyright was lapsed in 1974, it was a yeah royalty free film, and it was sent you know sent off for anyone to show it over the next 20 years on television, and that lasted up until about 1994 when there was a big case going on, and uh, it kind of got bought back up again. It went through a hell of a lot of things like for instance my background i'm living in colorized version of it's a wonderful life it's not ted turner's fault a lot of people like to blame these films like that on ted turner but um he didn't do that one uh apparently frank capra was pretty on board for the colored version i really don't test we don't use that word anymore (laughs) um (laughs) yeah he's big into it um i i really don't like when they do that to movies it really bothered me it looked just painted and it looked weird and yeah i I remember the first time i saw metropolis i don't know why they should have this version in college Mm -hmm. it was the 83 release where they colorized it and it had a soundtrack by queen and i i was like i don't like this. I don't. Everything is so jarring. Nothing worked. Why did it have a like it? The Flash Gordon. Why is everything purple? It's weird. It made him like just fucking watch it in black and white. Just do it. It's different if yeah. it was like shot in color and it would only it was released in black and white because of the, the you know technical limitations of the time. But it looked weird. Even your background looked weird. It's like they, yeah. they did that recently, man. They're like Peter Jackson spent millions of dollars recolorizing 
fucking World War Two footage. For why? Yeah, because you because you because you can't relate. Because they're kind of fun to the look plight at. Of the soldiers. Really, it know. just looks I, weird and color. To be honest, and, I don't. I don't. I'm not condoning colorized films or you know colorized photographs like to to just do it because you can't like you said you can't deal with looking at you you can't relate to black and white because i'm fine with watching black and white films and stuff but i will say that i do like and i do like to sometimes look at uh colorized photos because they're kind of funny looking like they're they're just (laughs) kind of funny like when you're like just scrolling through the internet and you see an article you know like uh why doesn't uh hollywood colorize films anymore and then you click it's on the it. the same it's reason like, why they because, don't have Macbeth. Because <laughs> 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 all films are shot in color these days. Um, but I'm waiting for them to colorize the lighthouse. I mean, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be really good. You know and, what I mean? Um, we do it the other way. We do a black and white version of everything. Parasite and <laughs> Mad Max and shit. Why don't we just do, yeah, colorized version. The lighthouse, but, you know, blue and red or whatever. <laughs> do it just anyway, do it why not yeah i don't even remember what i was gonna what i was getting at uh the i like the versions they're, the they're fun they're fun right. i like the yeah photos. the photos are they're fun just to see how yeah. people looked back then anyway that's all i have as far as like <laughs> stuff about this film i have one thing but Bert, Bert and ernie comes from this movie that's fake uh, the people who work for that's fake news. Fake Sesame news. Street, this fake news. The minion. Voter fraud. scorecard. Is that not true? It's not true, actually. Apparently, they say it's not true. I yeah. always thought that when I see it because I love Bert and Ernie, man. Boy. I'm I'm gonna leave this in as well. My wife, she uh, she bought this or she found this like i can't remember she found it or she bought it at, like a car boot sale but it was like this really cool like sort of almost like a flower vase that had burton ernie painted on it and it was like really cool Aww. and cool I, it's like one of those things where i don't really care in some respects because it's not it's just a thing it's an object but then she got rid of it when we were like about to move house and stuff so i think she sold it on ebay and part of me was like oh she kind of missed it. And I'm leaving this in the episode because she listens to the podcast. She's like that one person that actually does listen to this. Yeah, and, um, you're going to make her feel bad she was about like, it. She's going to feel bad and it's going to be really funny. Yeah. <laughs> she's going to like try and find it, rebuy it again. Yeah. Buy it from the person she sold it to and give it to you next Christmas. <laughs> no, I often like, uh, when I think about Bert and Ernie, just want to just... Uh, Bert and Ernie impressions all the time. Like, you know, it's just Paper. kind of like my thing. So I love Bert and Ernie in this film. They're really good characters, but apparently they're not. It's not from this film, apparently. That's okay. what the Sesame Street people say. But uh, It's just weird. It's just a weird coincidence. Hey, Bert. How's it going, Bert? <laughs> what do you want, Ernie? Oh, Bert. I uh, just wanted to see Merry Christmas. Ernie. I told you the Christmas was canceled. London's in tier four. Oh, Bert. Oh. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, I love that. I wish you had told me that before. Cause I would, I wish I, I could have done the whole. Shut up, Ernie. Like <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Ernie. <laughs> it's usually that. It's usually when I'm talking about Bert and Ernie in my head, it's usually just Bert and Ernie. Actually, it's not in my head. I do it out loud. Um, 
But yeah, Bert is always yelling at Ernie, and Ernie is always just getting on Bert's nerves. But that's actually what happens classic all the time Bernie. anyway, right? That's, yeah, classic. that's classic Bert and Ernie. Um, but yes, uh, that's it. I mean, we're having a fun time here, I said. We're, it's Christmas time. I don't have my usual like two-hour long. It's a really long episode anyway. There you go. Um, but we, are, we talked anyway. about this film. We, we, we left out a lot about this film, but like I said, you know, I've been moving. We're tired. Uh, we just wanted to kind of have fun. I, f- I feel like we've accomplished the mission. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Phil and I are ready to go off on to uh, a Christmas break that we so richly deserve. And, um, and yes, we will take off the next couple of weeks. We'll mm. see you probably, I don't know, second week of January maybe? We're just taking a couple of weeks off. Uh, we'll see how um, we feel. See what happens. See how we feel. If we drop earlier, we drop earlier. Drop later, I'll drop worry life. about why why we've dropped. You have later. bigger problems to worry about. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to keep you guys up the to date. Podcast is back. Yeah, we'll try to keep you guys up to date, and we hope that you guys have an amazing Christmas, uh, despite yeah. all the circumstances. Wherever you're listening to us from, I know there's people that listen to us all over the world. Um, my Spotify. Uh, listener update bullcrap that I got about the podcast told me that we were in a lot of different countries and that's amazing so I appreciate all you guys out there who are listening wherever you're at I know a lot of our listeners are out there in the UK uh, and that's where most of the people who interact with us are from because you know we're the Prince Charles Cinema uh, podcast but hey we're much more than that we're like I think we're one of the better film podcasts out there um, we're like Bert and Ernie we're like Bert and Ernie <laughs> Um, and we, we have a good time. We have a fun a, a fun show. And if yeah. you're missing us over the holidays, go listen back to some of the old episodes. If you've not listened to the Die Hard episode, go listen to that. If you There's want a another Christmas time episode, like I said last week, go check out our uh, Muppet Christmas Carol episode from last year with Brett Goldstein. It's a good time. There's a lot of good stuff to listen back to. And again, if you want to hear more, even more, head over to patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast. Five dollars or more a month gets you bonus episodes. Uh, you can you can listen to all the episodes like in one month if you want. Just pay five dollars and you can get all the episodes, and then you can cancel. And then uh, do it. Then that's it. Do that's it. your lot. You can yeah. do it if you want. Whatever you want to do. As always, you can find me at Tall for All T A L L the number four A L L on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And as collectively the podcast is at the PCC podcast on Twitter and Instagram and you can pop us an email at podcast at prinshawcinema.com Phil where can they find you and what can they expect from you as this new year comes <laughs> finally <laughs> finally um, I'm at far away sad on Twitter and in real life don't talk to me I don't want to hear it it's Christmas you know it's time to be isolated and alone um, I'm at dogs I met on Instagram which I don't really use anymore, but I, it's there. You know, I don't, it, you know, kind of gave up on the dogs. Like this, this year really killed my spirit. In terms of, yeah, I didn't go shame. out and meet any dog, to be fair. Um, yeah. Apart from my own dog, and there's already plenty of that on the page. What can they <laughs> expect from me in the new year? I'm just going to be the same old, you know, same old piece of shit person who's incapable <laughs> of doing anything with his life. <laughs> I can do that. Yeah. And now I'm gonna Got climb a board, Santa's sleigh, 
carve in a ball under his sack. Not in a dirty way. Under his sack of toys. And oh. hopefully people will leave me alone. Um, for the okay. time being. But I, I really, I really, I really do wish everyone a, a Merry Christmas. I hope it's as good as it can be. It's yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. From everyone at the Prince Charles Cinema, we wish you, uh, you guys all a very, very Merry Christmas. But most importantly, from the Pod Charles Cinecast. We've been here with you guys for the last eight, nine months. This weird year. And uh, it's been... <laughs> really fun and really depressing and really sad and really hilarious and every emotion on the emotion rainbow uh, color emotion rainbow it's, it's been it's been a thing it's been a it's been a thing and uh, it has happened I don't know where our crazy journey will take us in the new year and uh, we also got a lot of fun things that we're kind of thinking that are kind of existing outside with our sort of breadcrumbs idea that we're doing and all those other podcast ideas that I'm hoping that we're going to get launched off in the new year and uh, I hope you guys just join us. Go join us over at Breadcrumbs Pod over on Twitter and Instagram and you can find the links to listen to those shows of the actual Breadcrumbs podcast and then also the future shows that will be coming out under the bread Breadcrumbs banner we're having a lot of fun, guys. I hope you guys join us. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Join man. the club. Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. <laughs> oh, boy. Sure sounds like they have a lot of fun on that podcast of theirs. Yes, but it's not been all sunshine and rainbows. This year has been an extremely trying time for the people of Earth. Why? What happened? Well, where do I begin? Firstly, there was an outbreak of a deadly virus, leading to a global pandemic in which millions of people lost their lives, loved ones, and livelihoods. A whole population spent the year confined to their homes in order to reduce the spread, watching television, and arguing with each other on the internet. While just as many refused to listen to the science and continued to do as they please, even if it meant endangering those around them, countries were forced to reckon with the racial injustice plaguing their people, and a large orange man was forced out of a very large white house. Wow. That's not even all of it. Seriously, so much crazy stuff happened this year. I guess I picked the wrong time to take a vacation, huh? <laughs> oh, me. Where was I? Um, the, uh, podcast? Yes, yes, yes. So, while all that was happening, these boys were put on furlough. Oh, what furlough? It's when the government pays you not to work. What a deal! Oh, it sounds fun, but this meant that the regular independent movie house which they call home, was forced to close. For over six months, the auditoriums lay silent, collecting dust, awaiting the roaring public once more. That's bad. But then they reopened. That's good. And closed again. That's bad. But then they re-reopened. That's good. For a mere two weeks until London went into Tier 3. That's bad, Clarence. Oh. I mean, it's good for the public health of 
the good and honest people in the city. But for these two sad souls, the constant closing and opening of their beloved cinema, along with the pressures of producing a weekly show, has severely affected their mental health. How do you mean? Let me show you. I didn't have a snack properly because, I don't know, I've been zoned out. Um, the <laughs> And I forgot. And then uh, <laughs> I went really literal with capsules. And <laughs> I've got my selection it. of vitamins that I take every... You got your vitamins? That's funny. <laughs> I'm a 31-year-old man. That's a good idea. And I need to take my vitamins. And I'm not taking them today. And I'm not taking them probably in, in a few days because I've gotten bad in the last couple of weeks of keeping on top of them. So for you listeners out there, I'll tell you what I normally take. <laughs> I've got so my got the Flintstone vitamin. Yeah. I've got like a vitamin C uh chewable and I've got a couple of and these look like bears and it kind of works with Acura cuz the r- weird bear that uh kind of no Tetsuo sees the little kids turn into. Oh yeah. yeah. So they're little Yeah, right. Yeah, no. Bear gummy sort of uh they're good for your hair, skin, and nails, you know, because I care about my hair. <laughs> I've got a, yeah. I've got a vitamin. We've been, we've been on a vitamin vitamin kick lately, so we know what they all do. Yeah, I got a vitamin E. <laughs> I don't know what that does. Julia just gave um, me that. Cod liver oil. <laughs> oh man, I'm really good. Oh, that's good for you. And then uh, because it's not sunny anymore, and also because my mother in law sent us ten billion packs of them. Vitamin D. <laughs> got that D. Yeah. She sent us so much. Like literally, we had enough, and we hadn't <laughs> gone through them because she sent us like a ton a couple of months ago, and it was so much. And then literally the other day, she sent us even more, and it was just like we haven't gone through them all. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, she knows we live in a place that you know the sun never comes out. Yeah. So it's important to get your vitamin D. Well, we're gonna take our capsules. You got to take the vitamin C with the two gummies because the vitamin C is really intense flavored and the two gummies are orange flavored as well. And it sort of like chills it out. Good stuff. And then you go nuts with the other three. Swallow them all at the same time. Swallow them all. (laughs) No water. (laughs) And I'm giving this a zero out of five capsules because this is... Uh, not a real so snack fun. time. I'm just trying to care about my own health. Do you notice the difference with the vitamin? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everyone said. Like I'm like, oh, I'd like. Should I be taking vitamins? I feel like I should be taking vitamins. I need multivitamin ad, but I'm like, yeah. I don't know what they do. This feels really vague. It feels like a scam. Yeah. And people who do take them, you know. They don't feel any different, but like you don't stop taking them anyway yeah. because you might feel worse. I uh, started taking them when I started to get around 30 and I was just like, oh, this is what 30 year olds do, right? And uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Actually, you know what? Sometimes I feel like when I take them, I get depressed, but I don't know if it's just because I'm really depressed all the time anyway. So <laughs> 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 moving on. <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear. That sounds dreadful. Now, Clarence, look at our boys today. There they are, standing on the edge of a bridge, in the middle of a snowstorm. 
Microphones and laptops in hand. I believe they need an angel's help. Yes, sir. This year sucks. Tell me about it. We had Corona, lockdowns, Trump, De Palma. It's too much, man. It's too much. I know, man. Can't deal with it anymore. We've just had to close again. Like, what the fuck? All this work, all these elaborate podcast episodes, and for what? That nobody's listening anymore. You know what, dude? I'm done. Me too. Let's throw this godforsaken recording equipment into the freezing river below. It's very interesting that we're going to throw my recording equipment <laughs> into, the, into the freezing river below. Um, and that you wrote that we were going to do this. But let's do it. Let's throw this into the river below. Yeah, I don't care how expensive they are. Not worth the effort. Again, I reiterate, of course you don't care how expensive it is. It's mine. But this is it. We are ending the Patrol Syndicates. Hey, who's that? Oh, no. That little naked dude just jumped in the water. He was naked? Yeah, man. Didn't you see? He wasn't wearing anything but a face mask. Yeah, well, at least he's being safe. Man, he'll drown in there. We gotta help him. You mean jump? Yeah. I don't know, man. That's a long way down. What is taking them so long? Help! Oh, all right. Let me just put this stuff down. Better give me yours, too. Here you go. Ready? Let's go. You'll have to forgive me, I I didn't have time to get stylish underwear before I arrived on Earth. Or any underwear for that matter. It's cool dude, I'm just glad you're dressed now. Yes, oh thank you for letting me borrow your clothes. What does this sweater say? Ho, 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 now I have a machine gun. Is that a reference to one of those motion pictures you're so fond of? Uh, yeah, Clancy. Clarence. Clarence, uh, yeah, sorry. It's uh, it's from Die Hard. Uh, you've, you've never seen Die Hard? Oh, I'm afraid not. Is that the one with the charming fellow from Moonlighting? Yeah, yeah. Dude, what's with this guy? So Clancy, how'd you uh, happen to fall into that river earlier? I didn't fall in, John. I jumped in to save you two. Save us? We weren't gonna kill ourselves. No, Phil, but you were going to kill the Pod Charles Cinecast. The Cinecast? Is that what this is about? And how do you know our name? I know everything about you two. Who you are, where you've been, what you've had for snack time. You a mind reader or something? No, no, not a mind reader. Then who are you? I'm an angel. Um, uh, excuse me. I fell. Oh, your lip's bleeding, John. Yeah, uh, must have been when I hit that rock dragging you two out of that cold-ass river. Yeah, man, I'm sorry about that. Uh, I forgot to mention I can't swim. Yeah, what were you saying before... Clarice, um, why did you, why did you want to save the podcast? I told you, I'm your guardian angel. Ooh, just like Nick Cage or John Travolta. I'm not sure I'm an angel, dude. You ain't got no wings. 
Well, that's why I'm here, to earn them. Will you two help me? Sure. Ow. By letting me help you. Yeah, only way to do that is by undoing this whole crummy year. Now you mustn't talk like that. You two have just forgotten about all the good you've done. Yeah, if it hadn't been for us, everyone would have been a lot better off. Our listeners, co-workers, our families. This year's been bad enough without us sticking weekly discussions on our favorite films in their ears. Plus all the Patreon bonus episodes. Yeah, we're done. Go home somebody else, Clary. Oh, no, no. I'm not going to get my wink with that attitude. What if I try to remind you of all the fun you've had this year on the podcast? You can try. Okay, okay, let me think. Boy, you two have made a lot of episodes this year. Recognize. Now, here we go. Phil, you finally got to talk about one of your most cherished film franchises, the Star Wars Trilogy. And even got to test John on his intergalactic knowledge. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting edition of Jedi Egghead. Our guest tonight is host of the world-famous Podshaw Cinecast, Jonathan Foster. Come on down. Now in my hand, I have five questions. Answer each one of them correctly, or at least some of them correctly, and you could win yourself one of our three magnificent prizes. How many times is the word Ewok said in Return of the Jedi? Zero. Bang, you got it. Congratulations! You got all and or some of those right. Now here's your chance to win one of those wonderful prizes I was telling you about. Now, in front of you, John, you have three doors each with the name of an original Star Wars movie. We have A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Behind each of those doors is a prize. Which prize, and by proxy, which Star Wars movie is your favorite, is up to you. Jonathan, your future awaits. Pick a door. I'm going to go with Yoji, A New Hope. Oh, yeah, it's the Sarlacc Pit. Boy, am I jealous. Oh, no. I hope you got your bags packed and said goodbye to your loved ones, because you're in for a bumpy fucking ride. But I don't want to go. Off you go. No! Is that Brian De Palma? Brian, how did you end up down here in the Sarlacc pit? You know, me and my science fair projects and following people around. I used to follow my father around when he was cheating on my mother. Really? I took photographs of him. You know, could see a woman going in and out, stuff like that. It was all taking place at his office, which was down the street from our house. And I had broken into the office by ramming my fist through the glass door. You did that? And I, was, I had a knife with me, and I threatened him, and I said, where is she? And I had to search through the office, and I finally found her in a closet on the third floor. To Jabba the Hutt. Well, what did he do? Well, he was a little bit surprised, to say the least. Jabba must have been really angry if he put his only son down here. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Brian. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, I gotta get this. This is my space bear. Hello? Hey, is this uh, Gorlack 7? Yeah, this is Jonathan. Yeah, I'm down in... Yeah, I'm down in the Sarlacc pit. 
Are you on Tatooine? Oh yeah, you, you're you're hovering over it. Yeah, yeah. Just come on down. You you can't miss it. I mean, it's basically the only giant hole with a big set of teeth and tentacles coming out of it. You can't miss it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think I see you. Great, great, cool. Thank you. All right, so yeah, Brian, that's me off, man. Uh, my space Uber's almost here. Uh, would you like to come with me? Stop it! Stop it! I can't hear that! I'm sorry, man. I think you have a really unhealthy relationship with your father, and I think it's not going to help anything being down in this pit. So maybe you should come with me. I can't listen to that! All right, man. Uh, suit yourself. Bye, Brian. See? Yeah, that was fun. Not for me, man. I was down in that Sarlacc pit for a week and was trying to plumber. <laughs> Mentally undressing me the entire time. Well, how about your most excellent journey through time? Oh, I hate that part. Phil. What? Strange things are afoot at the Cinecast. Dude. You guys are going to go back in time. Yeah, and you're going to have the most excellent adventure through history. Who are you guys? We're you, dude. No way. No way. Yes way, John. Look, we know how you feel. We didn't believe it either when we were you and we are said what we are, are saying right now. Okay, wait. If you guys are really us, what are we thinking about right now? Snack time, dude! Dude, same thing. De Palma just showed up at my house and he wouldn't leave. I had to call the cops. That was not fun for me. Fair enough. How about this one? Remember, John, when you got to interview your childhood hero, Bruce Campbell? Alright, ladies and gentlemen, our guest on the Pond Charles Cinecast today is armed with a chainsaw for a right hand and he's carrying his trusty boomstick in his left hand and he's here to talk with us today about the groovy new release of The Evil Dead on 4K Ultra HD. You may know him as Ash Williams. Well, held to the king, baby, it's Bruce Campbell. How are you doing today, Bruce? Good. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, not too bad. Sorry for the cheesy intro there. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, very, very cheesy. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, I just want to thank you so much for taking your time you know, out of your schedule to come chat with us today. It really means a lot to us here at the Prince Charles Cinema. Well, you know, you don't often have another Evil Dead release. I'm kidding, of course. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's like we're on release number 56. You know, which version of the, you know, DVD, Blu-ray, you know, digital this, digital that. But that's okay. It helps the negative stay in good shape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, but we went into a second lockdown that week. The episode was completely overshadowed. Point taken. How about the time you guys went to space? Which time? Yeah, be specific. Um, the second time. Spaceship manual controls deactivated. Autopilot on. New course destination. The sun. Wait, what? Brian? Turn back on the manual controls. I don't think so. Brian, take us home. No way. Listen, Brian, Brian, we're sorry. Just just take us home, please. 
I have to pee. Brian. Brian, please take us home now. Brian. Brian? Dude, that was when we got banned from Uber. That trip sucked. De Palma was there again. Are you kidding? Yeah, that still haunts us to this day. Okay, okay. Well, you two have just been to LA, right? Where we were taken hostage and almost killed a guy. Point taken. Um, I got it. What about the Pod Charlie? Eh, we never did get around to that. Face it, Clarence. Point. There was way more bad than good this year, and nobody's lives were made better by the podcast existing, so you can stop trying. So you really think destroying your precious recording equipment is still the answer? No, I guess it'd be better if there never was a podcast. What'd you say? I said I wish I never started the Podtrol Cinecast. Well, there you go. Your wish is granted. You never started the podcast. All the researching, recording, and uploading never happened. Yeah, right. Wait. Huh. My lips stopped bleeding. That's right. And Phil, your back stopped hurting. Hey, you're right. How'd you know about that? This is weird. If you don't believe me, check your phone. You won't find any trace of the pot chunks in the cast anywhere. He's right. I got nothing on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> My Spotify. It's empty. What the hell's going on? I told you. You never started the podcast. I guess this isn't what we wanted. Feel better? <laughs> no, I feel like I haven't done anything this whole year now. What about breadcrumbs? That must be up there. It's gone, John. There wouldn't be a breadcrumbs without the cinecast. The whole network has disappeared. What the hell are you three doing in my house? Get out now! What are you talking about? This is my house. You get out. I've been here for 12 years. Leave right now or I'm calling the police. Oh, we better go, man. What the fuck is happening, man? Don't get... Look, your clothes are dry, too. Not now, Clarence. What the hell was that back there? This is my house. I just moved in. You wouldn't have moved if it wasn't for the podcast. That, like, doesn't make any sense. Like, literally, doesn't make any sense, but okay. This is what you wanted. You know what? I don't care what you're doing. I'm pretty sure I just smoked a little too much and you're a physical manifestation of past trauma, and I'm over it. Yeah, I know, man. You, I mean, you still haven't shown us how anybody's lives would have been different without us. You just took my house away from me. I don't know how... What that has to do with the podcast? Mm, looks like I've got to step it up. I'm going to reach out to all your listeners now and show you how their lives would be different without the show. My name is Claire. Um, how would my life be different if the Podchild Cinecast never existed? Um, I discovered the podcast when you guys first announced it. Um, I didn't really listen to podcasts before, but I just moved into my new flat by myself, uh, single and going through what turned out to be quite a long stint of depression. 
um, and I was really lonely. So it was really nice to have kind of two people in my house with me and it reminded me how much I loved cinema, how much I loved talking about cinema and over the year or two years nearly now um, but especially last year it kind of pushed me to leave the house more even if I was having a really rough week just listening to you guys talking about what films were on sometimes I would you know get the train into London and go and see one of them even if that was the only reason I left my house that week it kept me moving and and it always kept me looking forward to doing things so it's been really nice and you know since then I've discovered so many more different film podcasts I've got so much more active on Twitter um, I've even you know been a guest on a couple of different podcasts and I'm in the process of starting my own now with a friend through Twitter um, so you guys you know have really been there in the background and really helped keep me afloat so thank you Hello Cinecast, this is Helen calling in to tell you what my life would be like had the podcast never been created. So before you guys came along, I used to think to myself, there's lots of good films out there, I should really put some time and effort into finding out which ones that I would enjoy and then going to see them. Uh, but and I've actually got around to this. So when you came along, um, you did all the work for me, did all the research and you presented it in a way that was really fun. Um, had loads of enthusiasm and lots of insight. So because of you, I have seen films that it would never have occurred to me to go and see otherwise, like Uncut Gems. Didn't think I would enjoy a film with Adam Sandler. Went along to see it at the cinema, absolutely loved it. And then when the cinema could no longer be open, you carried on and you've told me about lots of other films that I should really check out. So I've just bought the Godfather box set on DVD and fully intend to watch parts one and two, but not three over the Christmas break. So thank you so much for all your hard work and enthusiasm and your generosity with your time and your energy. It's very much appreciated. And Merry Christmas. Okay, so how would my life be different if the Pod Charles Cinecast didn't exist? That's a hard question because it's hard for me to say being so close to it almost being a part of it. I work at the place that it centers around. I live with the co-host and watch most of the movies you discuss with him. I know John and like him a lot too, so it's tough. In some ways, it's been a welcome two-hour break for Phil to head into the other room and give me some alone time through lockdown, which is the simple answer, I guess, and doesn't actually have anything to do with the podcast but more him just leaving me alone. But in another way, it's a bigger relief to overhear Phil speaking to a friend and laughing and hearing passionate conversation outside of what I can offer. Hearing your relationship grow as you two get to know each other better and he comes back into the room when, when it's all over and has something to tell me, a new joke, something that John said that made him laugh. So I think really it's not about how my life would be different without the Cinecast, but how life would have been different this past year for Phil and John, had they not had it to rely on through this time, had they not had each other to rely on and had an excuse to speak to each other every single week with purpose and with reason and with a reminder of what they were going to come back to. And 
We all have our problems with the Prince Charles. Everyone who works there is going to have their own problem with it, just as everyone who works anywhere will have their problem with their workplace. But this constant reminder every week, knowing that we were going to come back into this building where this kind of conversation exists, where every week we just hear two hours, sometimes two and a half hours of it, that we normally live in as staff. This is the kind of conversation that hangs in the air constantly when you come into the building and you feel like you've interrupted. This is what we were talking about. The Pod Charles Cinecast is a permanent record of this point in time, of the lockdown, of the Prince Charles, of cinema, and the history of cinema, of passion for cinema. And as cheesy as it sounds, it's a record of friendship that I think you two will always have with each other. So to throw it away and be done with it would be such a waste. I'm dusty, by the way, obviously. Don't you see? You two had a wonderful podcast. Wow. That was kind of beautiful. Yeah, I didn't realize anyone cared about the podcast. Phil, we can't stop now. People are counting on us. Now more than ever, we have to stand up with a mic in our hands and entertain the masses. You're right, man. I want to keep the show going. Clarence, we want to keep it. Please give us back our podcast. Clarence. Whoa, where'd he go? He's naked somewhere. Hey, look, we're back on the bridge. And here's all our podcast equipment, ready to go right in front of us. Well, you look at that. So, you wanna, you know. I mean, it's just sitting here. One more time before the new year? Let's do it. Okay. So the headphones, hits a couple of buttons. And I'm recording. Oh, wait, hold on. My Wi-Fi dropped again. Fuck. Another podcast saved. Good job, Clarence.